Hello and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and I'm delighted in this episode to bring you um, a conversation with somebody very special. And that special person is Tom Farrelly Rogers. Now, I met Tom a couple of years ago and it was instant love. Um, we share exactly the same pop culture references. I need only quote a movie from the late 90s and he is exactly in the same mental space as me, which makes him a delight to be around, to talk to, to WhatsApp, to whatever. Uh, Tom, as I said, is a model. You may have seen him staring out at you from ad campaigns. He's used to walking down the catwalk, strutting his stuff. I want to use metaphors for modelling that don't sound cheesy. Um, but he's also um, just a wonderful human being who is very open about uh, mental health and we have had private conversations about anxiety and depression and I asked him if he would come on the show and have a conversation with me for your ears too about how to process things like anxiety attacks, how to um, understand depression and how to own all of that and turn it into a positive, which is the sort of conversation we've had um, over the course of the last couple of years is seeing all of these things as a positive and not being weighed down by them, um, which is easy to do. Um, we talk in this episode about so, so much about deep thinking, about the ways in which you can self safeguard your mental health. Um, he's written a brilliant piece for Pop Sugar, which we talk about in the show, and I will put the links to that in the show notes. I also ask him about his beauty tips because he is, uh, he was born in Sydney, he uh, travels a lot, so he is the person to talk to about how to travel without looking like a dried up old husk at the end of it. Um, we cover a lot in this episode, so I'm just going to get to it. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Apologies in advance for my constant slipping, constantly slipping into Kath and Kim voice, but I have A, been watching Kath and Kim a lot recently and then was chatting to an Australian. And so it just, I relaxed and it just kept slipping out of me. Um, but I love Kath and Kim and I hope that you do too. All of the links to everything that we talk about, um, books, films, etc., etc., will be in the show notes. But I feel like, without any further ado, I should let you enjoy the wondrousness that is Tom Farrelly Rogers on The Emma Gunn Show. Hello, testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Okay, I think that's working. I think it is. It's going to be really difficult not to just slip into Australian accent. I'm so sorry. Don't! I you can't. Don't want to. Do you want me to do a Liverpool accent, babe? Because I can. It's not bad, actually. Thank you so much, babe. It's better if I do it as a girl. Because I went to a ball up in Liverpool and this girl kept on saying, come and collect your prize when they did the raffle draw. And I can say chicken. Chicken. <gasps> you are good at your voice Chocolate. is very good. I got the golden ticket. I'm gonna meet Willy Wonka. Yeah. I'm so impressed. That's, thank you so much. And yet you're not a <laughs> and yet you're not a voice artist, you're um a model. I am a model. A model, yeah, for my sins. I wasn't always a model. I actually started my first job ever was in London when I was eighteen or nineteen, and I was in PR. I was in like home entertainment PR. And so I did DVD releases and did like Mr. Bean's Holiday. I know you did <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did. I did like the Heroes release DVD of like season one. And we did a party on top of the Gherkin. And then the I went Gherkin. back to it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had to do it. 
the gherkin. I said, well, I did it. I did it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back to Australia. Then I worked in an acting agent as like an assistant in the acting department. And then I went into fashion PR and then I quit because I hated it. And then I fell into modeling one day. How does one fall into modeling? I mean, obviously. I just tripped. You tripped into it with your I tripped into set. Good <laughs> <laughs> um, body and your handsome guy. Um, no, I, 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 uh, a friend of mine who was a stylist, she, um, had a model cancel last minute for an editorial shoot. And she was like, Tom, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. And then that became like a main fashion editorial in like a magazine in Australia. And then from there, I just became like the, you know, supermodel of my time. <laughs> supermodel of the world. Of the world. We will beat your ass. Just to warn you. I don't know. He'll scratch. No, he doesn't wear nails. Oh, he does. Sometimes, not like Michelle though. Michelle's always in nails. They talked about this on the What's the Tea podcast. Can I mention that here? You can. Of okay, you can cool. It. Sorry. Friends of the show. Because <laughs> um, Michelle can't use the coin meters in LA. Really? There's quite, and I've heard someone else talk about it because the coin meter, or that you put your card in to pay for parking, and apparently it's like difficult to get them out if you've got long nails. Oh. And so um, I think. She carries around like mini tweezers. (laughs) I can't remember the exact story. I'm obsessed with long nails. Mine are really long at the moment, but they They are long. But they need shaping and they need painting. Would you do you ever like shellac them? Always. That's how they grow long. I had I had a client when I was in PR and it was like a candle client and the lady who um like ran the business she was like this texan lady and she was like tall and had like big red hair and it was permed we called her big red and one day she just told us once you go shellac you never go back (laughs) and i just thought it was like i literally like almost wet i almost wet myself in the meeting i was wearing depends thank god anyone for tennis (laughs) that's a kath and kim reference we've been watching it not together but we do have so um to explain why Tom is on the podcast. <laughs> why am I here? I just fell into this. Yes, you did. You literally, <laughs> I was just in my living room and then this man walked past my window. Whoa, like, whoa. Come in. I'm a podcaster, don't you know? Come speak into my orange muff. That's what, Hi. That's what you call the thing that goes over the what? microphone. That thing. What microphone? <laughs> I'm speaking into an orange muff. Yes, I've got a blue muff. You've got the orange one today. Uh, yes, and I have a natural coloured dark blonde merkin as well. Great. It's just for free, that you know that, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm pleased to have understood that. <laughs> um, so we met a couple of years ago now. Yes. Um, and we met through friends, and then we ended up very quickly in a bar. Uh huh. And I remember drinking a lycée martini. Yes. Which was French for primary school, I believe. <laughs> a primary school martini. <laughs> <laughs> um, college. College is is Col- that what like, a lycée a lycée a And we some one somebody one of us mentioned RuPaul and the rest we, is history. Yeah, <laughs> the rest is history, and we just became fast friends because we both share a love of pop culture and and also drag race. But we also it doesn't matter. So since I've met you, because <laughs> I've only this is the second time I've spent time with you. Third time. Third time. Third right. time, including when we first met. Yes. So kind of the second time by default. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, we WhatsApped a lot. You've also lived in Australia for a spell. Yeah. Well, I travel a lot for work. Yes. I'm Being a, a traveller. 
Uh, being a model, yes. <laughs> being a supermodel. <laughs> of um, the world. But yes. it does it, but I can uh, text Tom. And the good thing about having an international time zone friend. Oh my god, no, I completely agree with you on this. <laughs> I know I know you said it, I know you said it before we went on record, but I completely agree because if I the great thing about <laughs> about traveling a lot is mm-hmm. that if I ever have like a light panic attack in the early hours of the morning, I've got people to talk to. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's a blessing. Yes. It's a small price to pay for like the risk of getting deep vein thrombosis from flying so much. Yes. Do you wear, um, all the time socks? I will. I wear full, full leg, um, <laughs> compression socks Do you wear just a compression to my suit? upper thigh. And then I wear full torso spanks. And then I wear spats on my arms. Do you get carried <laughs> onto the plane like a surfer? Yes. And then just propped up. I'm overhead. I'm overhead <laughs> luggage. It's how I save money on traveling so much. <laughs> I like the idea of that. Just hide me in a bathroom and lock it up. But do you do the thing where you walk around the plane to stop yourself? Yeah, no, constantly. Because I actually get, I, I never get, I'm not really retented, I like to say. I don't really retain water that much. You're so lucky. But on flights, my my ankles swell up. I look like that photo of Kim Kardashian that was really popular during her first pregnancy and she wore like the plastic the shoe. Yeah. Really? I, it, it, it gets really intense. Sorry, oh, that was really unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> a green countryman just drove past the window. <laughs> no, it was just I didn't recognise those people. But now something makes sense, but I'll fill you in on that later. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you travel a lot. So, yes, we've had some very good, I think, excellent WhatsApp conversations. Oh, my God, yeah. In my wee small hours of the morning. Yeah. And yeah, during yeah. 40 Days of 40, you were credited as one of the four nice oh things God, I did. Oh, my God, I was. That was really, really lovely. And also, my sister was dying for Amelia. that. Amelia. Amelia, which is actually a, a, a city in um, Italy. But also my sister, Amelia Farrelly Rogers. Hi, Meals. I just had to name check you because I knew that if you didn't get a mention, you'd have my guts for garters. Yes. Mm. Um big fan of the show huge fan i love Amelia. she's a huge fan of skincare there's a store called mecca cosmetica in australia and it's kind of like sephora yeah and i think she's like she has the most credit points out of anyone in her state because she shops there so much like it's almost like should she be proud of it or a little ashamed she should be proud (laughs) and the listeners of the emma gunn show second that yes um (laughs) So let's talk about um, middle of the night WhatsApp conversations because yes. we bonded over things like RuPaul's Drag Race and the fact that we can, um, if you sat us down and said, what year did Britney Spears dance with a snake at the MTV VMA? 2001. Yes, it was. Cause yeah. The, no, it wasn't. It was 2002. No, it was 2001. Then there was a break. Then 2003 was the kiss because Slave View actually hadn't been released when she performed it, which was why it was such a huge a deal. before September the 11th. Well, it was 2001. Yeah. I thought, but I thought the Satisfaction... <gasps> was one, it? I thought the... No, yes. Satisfaction was 2000. And then sure? the year before was Baby One More Time. And that was 99. Okay. So clearly we sometimes argue about our cultural references. No, and, no, and, and also <laughs> like there are certain pop singers. I don't know if you want to get into it on the podcast, but we do sometimes clash over people that Emma might think are a little bit affected. And I'm like, no, they're amazing. Don't burst my bubble. <laughs> Who, whose birthday? Second, second birthday. That story. Jaws. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I find it too much. 
just take the ponytail down. You're incredibly talented. She's unbelievably talented. Unbelievably talented. But I have a block with Ariana. I love the ponytail, but I also love Chris Appleton. I think he's so handsome. You should get him on the podcast. I bumped into him. Did you? Recently. We have a mutual friend. Okay, yeah. So ponytails. But I'm, I am coming around to Ariana, I have to admit. Carpool Karaoke was very good. I haven't watched it yet. I came around to her years ago, but I actually, I dated someone and he loved Ariana. And I, just to be an awful person, pretended to hate her the whole time we were together. <laughs> because I was a very unhappy person back then. And then the moment we broke up, I was like, I think I like Ariana Grande. <laughs> and ever since then, I've just been like the hugest fan. But I, my sister was the same. I think she's super, super, super talented. I just... Maybe I'm too old. No, no, I don't think you're too old. I think you're just being nice. You've got great skin, Em. Thank you. Well, you're glowing. You're in my office and you can see all the skincare. I Literally can. all of I it. I can. It's not organised very well. It is well. packed to the rafters, everyone. Amelia, you would go... Amelia, Amelia would go nuts in here. <laughs> I kind of want her to make the journey over just so I can go, look, look at everything. Don't, because she will. She's already threatened to in the past. <laughs> um, so, WhatsApp conversations, pop culture references. Yes. And we both love Drag Race. Oh my God, absolutely. Could you share, share with the listeners the two drag names that you came up with this afternoon? Um, well, there's there's Jenna Sequa, mm-hmm. and that actually stems from a time when... Um, my one of my agents said je ne sais quoi in the office and I thought it was so funny and I like almost <laughs> keeled over laughing because she's from Manchester and she has a slight accent and then she I just messaged her the day after f- from Brighton Pride actually just saying lol je ne sais quoi and she wrote back no she's just sent back like a screen grab and she'd said to Siri je ne sais quoi and it just said like Jenna sais quoi amazing and that's how that came about. But the other one was Martini Navratilova. I like Who's that. an alcoholic lesbian who plays sport. I think she would get on very well with Katia Zamalajakova. Oh my God, they would be really, really very, good friends. Or, they play doubles te- mixed doubles tennis. Or worst, or worst enemies. They could face each other off in, a, in like a Wimbledon spin-off. It, can, we do, can we do like DragCon at Wimbledon? I don't see why not. Imagine all the puns we could have with like people hitting balls. Oh, I mean, I would be exhausted. Do you have a drag name, Em? No. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing for you. My official drag name is Agatha Ristie. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like an old gran and she just solves petty crime and gives out hand jobs in a club. Oh, God. bringing the class level down I of the whole Emma Guns show. Love it. I love it. So, <laughs> but one of the other things that we are able to communicate about very freely. Yes. Um, and when I um, beckoned you in from the street, <laughs> it was literally within seconds. Haven't seen you in ages. And it was just, blah, 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 is um, we talk uh, very freely about mental health. We do. Things like anxiety, yeah. depression. It's, Kim it's doesn't get depressed. One of my... No, I don't think Kim from Kath and Kim gets depressed <clears> at all. I don't think she's capable. I was actually thinking about this when I was re-watching it through the lens of, like, Tom, who is almost 30 now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just referred to myself in the third person. Um, you get one. <laughs> she's a very unconscious human being. Like, I don't think I could even pretend to be close to a Kim in a, a real adult relationship. But do you... Okay... But does she live in the moment? And then don't all the self-help books say, just live in the present? No, but she's she's kind of just... 
I don't think she's like conscious enough to ever to live outside of any moment that she's in. She like is just really simple. Yes. Like when she tries to teach Sharon how to date and Sharon, God lover is probably the deepest one in the whole show because she's the one who struggles with self-worth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when she's like taught to just like have hair extensions, acrylic nails and like smoke a a pine light and a fake tan for her date. And rather than being like someone who can relate to someone on a human level, she's just like, nah, you are get stuffed. And it's like, she can't (laughs) connect with anyone because that's what Kim's told her to do. Anyway, that's a bit of a tension. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about that. Mm. Well, that's the sort of things I think of on my day off while watching Kath and Kim. When you're having a a rest from supermodel in the world. Yeah, when I'm having a rest from being supermodel of the world, trademark RuPaul. Yeah, Um, yeah, we talk, we've always talked about kind of like our mental health journeys and stuff like that. Day dot. Yeah. Which has been really. Brilliant. I thought it would be make a nice conversation for the show because I think um, if somebody sees you staring out at them from a bus stop from the other side of the Dolce <laughs> and Gabbana campaign, they might think, oh, Tom's life is perfect. He's handsome. He's gorgeous. He hangs no. out with designers and stuff. But it's not as... No, no. no. But like, you know, weirdly, um, you know, and certain people in my life have kind of often asked me like, you know, should you be sharing this sort of stuff? But for mm. me, it's it's the most liberating thing I can do is share my mental health journey and talk about anxiety, talk about how I've, you know, had issues with depression in the past. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is something that I work on daily because it's just part of the way my brain works. I'm a very deep thinking ruminative person. And so it's, it's just something that I have to work on to Mm -hmm. not overthink things, to not get into negative thought patterns, to safeguard my mental health with things like, exercise or Zoloft or whatever. (laughs) Or drag race. Or drag race. Comedy. Comedy is a big thing for me. If I can poke fun at my anxiety and if I can, it's almost like kind of like my astral body leaves my body and I see myself freaking out. I'm just like, this is so funny. Like this is silly because I know that outside of the, the the thought that's going on in Mm. my mind, nothing means nothing matters that much. Mm. Water if a duck's back, to quote Jinx Monsoon. Do you, when, were you always anxious? Because my, I think I've said to you before, I think I displayed signs of high high anxiety. Oh, massively. When I was very, very young. Same. Um, because it yeah. was unchecked. Mm. It, it got bigger and yes. then, yes. hello depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there wasn't the awareness or the dialogue around it when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, my, I think my sister's, if anything arises, they can see now in their kids, oh, okay, he's displaying some signs of anxiety. I want to work with him on this. Mm-hmm. Whereas my parents didn't really know what to look for. Um, I was growing up as a closet, closeted gay man, as a, as a kid really. Mm. I was on constant high alert, um, always really hyper aware of how I was acting, how I was being perceived, how I was sitting um, because you didn't want somebody to say, yeah, I know, that looks- I, yeah, I was, I was hyper aware that I didn't want to be perceived as gay. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really kickstarted my anxiety. And, um, I didn't really, I didn't really know it at the time, but it's just like you get into these really, these kind of, um, you're in this zone of constantly monitoring everything you mm. do. 
And there's many layer. There's so many different layers to your thought process because you're engaging with someone. You're also thinking about your surroundings. You're thinking about how you're being perceived, how you look. You're trying to make people laugh to distract away from questions they might want to ask you about if you're dating someone. Mm. And so I think that's kind of really what helped foster my anxiety growing up. Mm. But that, like, and the thing is as well, because I don't, I don't want it to be. Um, a kind of like woe is Tom, he has anxiety thing. It's, it, I'm I'm actually grateful for my anxiety yeah. these days because it's created the person who I am. I can empathize with whatever someone is feeling because I've probably felt it in the past. <laughs> yeah, I've felt with every crayon in the in the coloring box. <laughs> to, Just to, every yeah, to, to, <laughs> to para, paraphrase RuPaul, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's it's a gift and it's it's turned me into the person I am. And I feel like I'm, I'm very, I have, if it, first of all, anxiety and depression can be treated like a wake up call, like a kind of mm-hmm. spiritual wake up call. And so I think I'm very, I'm very emotionally intelligent as a result of leaning into the discomfort, leaning into that fear and the pain mm-hmm. and being like, okay, why do I feel like this? Why am I scared of this? And if you can just lean into that, take like, 10 minutes a day to just let yourself feel it and see what kind of thoughts are going on. Journal, mm-hmm. write, I, writing really helped me. Um, and it can really help you kind of become who you're meant to become, I think. Because we've talked about this before, about the fact of um, viewing anxiety as like an early warning system. Yes. So the reason well, I mean, it, like biologically, that's what it is. Exactly. Something's about to kill you. Worry. <laughs> that's kind of... <laughs> But we can't run. It's just an email from our boss that creeps us out. Or so, you know what I mean? It's like oh god, yeah. The modern world is is not anxiety isn't terribly useful in the modern world. But do you <laughs> think so? Because I feel like my anxiety. The second I feel I'm in a situation now where I feel those old things, I'm like, right. I either have to I have to look around very very quickly mm-hmm. to see whether I can change either myself or the situation around me. Oh so yeah. I don't feel these things, or I have to leave it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I would always stay in it, uh-huh. stay in it, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. And actually, my anxiety would drive me to try and solve something or try and make somebody happier or try and do better. Well, that's that's kind of like more of an emotional trigger. Mm. And, and, and you're noticing the triggers going off in your mind and you're changing your own narrative from, okay, how do I please people in this situation because I'm scared mm-hmm. to this isn't good for me and I don't have to fix anything here. I can just step out. Yes. And I think that's brilliant. That's what, that's where you're meant to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do see it as like a GPS slash early warning, like hazard lights. Totally. Totally. And it just, because I have to, because if you see it as a real negative, we were talking earlier about changing the vocabulary that you use. Yes. It's very important. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than saying my anxiety is something that would imply that I am like, um, I remember somebody saying to me once, and even though at the time it was something they were saying from a place of love and an observation that was meant with kindness of, um, I'm saying this to you because I think you need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. It was, I've never known anyone less able to cope with things. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't come from a horrible place. It genuinely didn't. But it was basically, I didn't have the coping mechanisms to handle an email from 
a stressy client or yeah. I didn't or from like a colleague I didn't get on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it would all build up and I instead of just going, it's not a big deal and moving on and going having a drink with my friends, I would go home and ruminate. Ruminate. And do the overthinking. Yeah. How do I fix this? How do I fix it? Why am I so terrible? Mm. Why am why am I such a, a fuck up? That kind of way <laughs> yeah, of thinking. Yeah. But that's the thing in terms of like changing the vocabulary around things, like just to make it really simple. If you screw up at work or if you do something that is, you know, that has a negative Im- negative consequence or whatever. Um, for example, I'm an, uh, well, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I am a fuck up or I fucked up. Mm-hmm. One of them is a kind of, you're dictating who you are. One of them is you made a mistake. One's a constant, one's fleeting. Yeah. So like, you shouldn't say I am a fuck up. Mm-hmm. I'm such a mess. Like, because that's just, you're kind of putting yourself down unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to be like, oh, I fucked up. That's okay. It's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I can I can fix it if I need to, or I can just get over it. So what if I set my house on fire? <laughs> Who cares? I hated that house anyway. <laughs> and the people in it. Oh, <laughs> you are so outrageous. <laughs> Um, uh, the Emma Gunn show does not support arson. <laughs> Sorry, too much Trixie and Karcher show. Yes. Oh, um, I tweeted, <laughs> I watched that the other day and Trixie said that she hated um, coloured mascara. Yeah. And I tweeted saying, I hate it too. And she replied. Oh, live mail. I know. And then a hater said, oh, Trixie, don't give her attention. <laughs> oh my God. I would that hate hater was me. That was it me. Was, that yes. was me. Stop tweeting me. I'm white anting your your fame, <laughs> your fa- fame mongering. That's what it was. Fame mongering. <laughs> exactly what it was. Fame mongering. I was baiting uh, Trixie. I can't say it. Fame mongering. Mongering. I went mongering. Mumber. Um, <laughs> when did so you? In terms of like the um, being hyper aware, you didn't want yeah. anybody to see through. Uh huh. It's a bit like if you you know when you go to a yoga class and mm-hmm. some and they say to you relax your jaw and you realize oh. Without realizing, I've been clenching my jaw. Yes, is that a bit what it's like? Of Absolutely, like you just build that tension that Absolutely. you then don't realize you have. Well, but, but and and even not just that's a way of putting it. it mm. It's literally that as well. Mm-hmm. So like even um, yesterday, I was feeling nervous because I had to get like my hair colored because it was like the color was a bit weird or something. Um, <laughs> and it was just this whole drama that I'm not going to get into, but I was really nervous at like the salon and every time the lady who was doing my hair spoke to me, my whole body would tense and I wouldn't even notice it. And then about 15 seconds after she stopped talking, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm like tensing my whole body and I'd have to like force myself to relax. But it is the, that's the thing. It's like this, um, the, I, my friend, talks about it being like buttons switching on. Mm-hmm. And so if you can visualize yourself switching off the buttons, it can help. Ah. So it's like you switch yourself off from high alert. And you can be like, there's nothing to be worried about here. Yeah. And then you can make yourself spa- uh, safe by doing the journaling or like mm-hmm. taking 10 minutes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you feel like things went from anxiety into slipping towards depression? Oh my God, when, when I didn't know that I had anxiety. when left unchecked anxiety will more that oh i I, i'm not lost honestly i'm not a professional Mm -hmm. so take anything i say with several grains of salt um but i kind of feel like unchecked anxiety could lead to depression 
Mm-hmm. I concur. I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because you just get yourself into into these habits that then become normal. They get worse. That becomes normal. They get worse again. All of a sudden, it's depression, and you can't get out of bed, and you're just weeping all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're really dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> you just drink Gatorade or Powerade or something. Well, Tom's already told me off for drinking Pepsi Max this afternoon. Only well, to only excess the quantities. The quantities. Uh, no, Pepsi Max is fine. Well, Pepsi is fine because Britney didn't add for them. Yeah, but so did Michael Jackson. I remember what happened there. Well, yeah, he caught on fire. Mm. That's... Not great. Well, Quincy Jones recently said he was horrible. Quincy Jones gave that really like nuts interview oh, where he just like amazing. spilled the beans on everything. It was the best thing I've ever read. It was crazy. Might have to put that in the show notes. Actually, that, <laughs> I, I remember reading yes. it on the train, just thinking, "Oh, this damn. is this is Jats crackers. He's going to town." It was like Jats. he got it was like he got some really bad health news, and he's like, "That's it. I'm <laughs> saying everything." Slash Touchwood Quincy, I hope you're okay. I Because I know he's a, he's a fan of the show, isn't he? He's a big listener. Of he's the an show. avid listener, for mm. a long time listener, first time caller. Yeah, um, big fan of um, Rashid is a big fan. Really? Mm, oh yeah. my god! Oh, I would like to get her on the show though. <laughs> Rashida Jones? Because I think she's really pretty and really funny. Wait a minute, Fox and Rec. Is she his daughter? Please. Tom. No, are you? Wait, wait, no, I'm, I'm deadly serious. No, genuinely. Should we pause this? I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. That was like the time that I found out that, okay, no, no, wait, do you know this? Okay. Um, uh, Maya Rudolph? Yes, I know exactly what you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> Is Minnie, Minnie Riverton's daughter. Love it. I'm going to pay the royalties, mate. Um, <laughs> and my, um, my, what, what is it? Whistle note was not, that's not going to. It was just a high pitch rec- squeal. People would rec- be like, someone's broken in. <laughs> they, ah! No one's going to recognize the song from the noise that I made earlier. Yes, I did know that, but she can sing Maya Rudolph. Yeah, she can. She's got a great voice. But I only found and that And then Mariska Hagate is, um, what's her name? Jane Mansfield's daughter. <laughs> what's Mariska in? Law and Order. Duh, duh. I don't watch Law and Order. Neither do I. I just, I just see. I just know things. You just Google this. This stuff. is the thing. There's so much room in your taken brain. up in my brain for useless stuff. <laughs> it's, it's. I'm just gonna have like that's why I often just buffer. And there's like a little spinning wheel of spinning. death that comes in my pupil, and it's like a rainbow wheel spinning. I'm just like staring Tom's off into middle distance. Right <laughs> <laughs> buffering, buffering. That's all oh. I'll say not a bad idea i quite like that idea of just kind of i often say that when when you can tell that someone's thinking i'm like they're buffering <gasps> i think it's quite fun um i have spoken before about how with my anxiety it was like um life teaching me the same lesson over and over again i'd get up in mm. the same scenarios like different place but same shit yeah, yeah. basically yeah yeah and i have said before that it was like once i reached that point where it happened and then I felt it happening for like a tenth time in my life. It was as if it was such a powerful this again, now a warning yeah. that I um, <laughs> <laughs> that I it was as if I there was a power cut, mm. and I rebooted. Yeah. And when I rebooted and buffered, I was I came back online and I was incompatible with pretty much everything that I had wow. previously known in my life. Why not? So 
done this to you on a WhatsApp before. I'm sure you have, but I don't know if you've put it completely that way. And that's a really amazing way of putting it. Well, it was aided by your buffering. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but I... Cash, please. No, oh. I'm just asking for cash. I was, <laughs> I was just stroking my palm. <laughs> this seems weird. No one's, ever, no, one's, no one's ever done that on a podcast. Um, so how did you identify your patterns? How did you, When was the point where you were like, this is something I now need to take action against? Yeah, yeah. Um, I When I was 22, and it was after I came out... Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I just, well, it, things weren't really sustainable. I was, I was in a really bad place. Um, I remember my sister talking to me and she was like, you know, maybe you should go and see someone if you're really struggling. And I was like, you know what I might. And so I, um, that's when I started, I saw a psychologist for a bit, which really helped me mm-hmm. just being able to talk to someone outside of your situation, I think can really help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also because you have, you, you can, especially if you are, prone to being a people pleaser, like I've been in the past, you can just tell them anything and you don't have to worry about offending them because they're not part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, That really helped me. But yeah, it was kind of when things just got out of control and I couldn't handle day-to-day life when I was like, I have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And pretty much ever since then, actually ever since I was more like 26, um, it's been something that I know I need to just regularly check in with myself on and make sure I'm getting like, you know, three or four times doing exercise a week Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, making sure I'm journaling every now and then, or making sure that I'm kind of just awake, living consciously Mm -hmm. and not just, um, getting by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not just exist. Yeah, not just yeah. existing. That makes so much Thriving, sense. not surviving. Are you talking about 30 going on 30 again? <laughs> Suddenly 30. Um, that, that's from... What was it called here? Was it called 13 going on 30? The Jennifer yeah. Garner movie. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Because in Australia it was called Suddenly 30. Oh. And in German it was called Dreise übernachtet, which means 30 overnight. Oh. Yeah, ich kann Deutsch. I speak German. Do you really? Yeah, I'm almost fluent. That makes that's of no use on this podcast. I thought you were about to say that makes so much sense. No, <laughs> I was like, that's why? of no use on this podcast because <laughs> I can't understand you. <laughs> well, that's racist. No, no, it's not. It's I mean, not. it is ignorant that I don't know German <laughs> in this but it's not. Been. But um, good to know if ever we need. The it's show the language to- of love. I thought I was Italian. I thought it was French. I was about to say I thought that was food. <laughs> <laughs> the language of love is just a good tagliatelle. <laughs> <laughs> or or a, a, what is it, a runny fondant chocolate thingamajig. You know, it looks like it's a solid <laughs> chocolate. A chocolate fountain? <laughs> no, no. Oh. It looks like a... Oh, like a, a chocolate, chocolate Is it called a chocolate fondant? I've got no idea. It's just called that. And, you, you, it, and, you, and it's like gooey on the inside. Mm. They're heaven. They're really, really they nice. Are. But I personally undercooked. prefer, I prefer savoury. Are they undercooked? Well, yeah, that's how the middle is soft. What? Well, it also, it depends. Is there raw egg in it? No, no, no. It's normally like they've put, a, it's a different, um, it's not flour and the other things. It's like chocolate warm. Yeah, wow. Unrelated, and <laughs> you can tell that I don't interview people for a living from mm. this terrible segue, but I recently watched Showgirls. For the first time? Ever. Yeah. I mean, it's marvellous, <laughs> but also there's a scene in it that's terrible. 
the one that where scene. she's on Trey <laughs> from Sex and the City. <laughs> it's Charlotte's first husband in Sex and the City. No, not that one. The oh. scene with Andrew Carver in the hotel room with her friend. That's unnecessary. <gasps> oh, unnecessary. yeah. So unnecessary. unnecessary. Showgirls is amazing, though. Oh, my God. It was really I'll do your nails good. later. It was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're spiralling. Yes, yeah, um, sorry. That's, that's me. Do you... So you, when you say do anything daily, have you ever done anything like meditation? I... Do you use apps for Okay, like you know what? I've tried meditation. I've tried meditation apps. Honestly meditation can sometimes make it worse for me really yeah because it can just highlight i can get i can kind of like self-immolate and i'll be like clear your mind and then a thought will be like did i leave the the washing on and do i need to make my bed and i'll just be like tom you idiot stop thinking why are you so stupid and Mm. then it just kind of makes it worse so what i find is better for me something that's like kind of like meditation for me is washing up i love washing dishes um, which sounds weird, or I'll just like go for a walk and listen to music. And that for me is quite therapeutic Mm -hmm. because it's like getting out in nature. Yeah. Getting out in nature or just being in like in motion Mm. can, can help with a kind of, um, with a, with a thought pattern. It can, Mm. it can get you out of it or even just like seeing a friend doing something social, Mm -hmm. not, not allowing yourself to isolate yourself too much. Yes, and I feel like that can be a danger for me because I do love my alone time, but then sometimes I can just get a bit carried away, and then all of a sudden I'm, I've been indoors for eight years, and I'm actually forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that because it's August. We are recording this in August, and, and... we started recording it in January. <laughs> and... <laughs> and this month is no tour in any business is notoriously quiet yes it's when people go on holiday i'm self-employed i put out a weekly podcast and i was um among other things that do you go on a hiatus over summer lots of people do but i i didn't but i was at a work dinner about four or five weeks ago and somebody really just flippantly said well everyone's pre pre pre-done their content for august and we're all gonna like down tools and I literally you just, just did like, like ah, same yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly just like yeah of course sure see that is an anxious person's response mm. because if we weren't anxious and way too self-aware or like if we could like shed some self-awareness we'd be like oh I haven't done that no well what happened was is I went to- <laughs> And then about five minutes later, I like took one of them to one side. I don't know why I lied before. I I routinely do that. I I was like, I haven't, I haven't got any podcasts backed up. Sometimes (laughs) I've got like six podcasts pre-recorded because people, like eight people, can record in a very short space of time. Yeah, yeah. Close together, and so it's like, yeah, but. At this particular moment in time, I didn't have a podcast for that weekend. And and it made me literally panic. And so what I did is I isolated myself here. I was like, right, focus, work. I've got Uh my dream board that you're now seeing with all the people that I want to get on the podcast. And I I note my name's absence. Because I took you you off when um, um, we secured this. It's a good recovery, Emma. And, um, (laughs) And I did get to the point where I did eight days in a row without actually seeing a friend see that, just that yeah and and i knew i was like you are an idiot self-care mm. self-care self-care mm. yeah you, you, you gotta it, that's something that like my friends who are like life naturals 
Um, Sarah Wilson refers to people who just don't struggle with anxiety or like thinking too much or rumination as life naturals. Oh, I her, love her that. book is incredible. Do you have it? I've got two copies of it in the other room. Mm. Um, it's called First We Make the Beast Beautiful. I think it's a really good book. Mm. And um, my friends who are life naturals will just be like, just work on balance. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, balance. Because I feel like I can just swing wildly from like, I want to be really social to I just want to, you know, stay in my room and watch Bridget Jones's diary and Under the Tuscan Sun constantly forever. And call me by your name. <laughs> Which took you a while to watch. I only just watched it two weeks ago and I sobbed. Like I was dehydrated. I cried so much. <laughs> I, I Actually, the first time I watched Love, Simon. I haven't seen that yet. I am convinced I cried so much that I pulled a muscle in my eye because the next day I had an ocular migraine and was shockingly dehydrated. I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> I would, but you and I would both, you and I would sob at a Hilary Duff movie. Oh my God. I sob at ads. What kind of ads? Um, there was a, there was a, there was this ad in Australia when I was like 12 and it was like a, a like a public education ad. And it was like these, you know, this kid going to school and then his mum picking him up. And I, I used to cry every time it was on TV. There's, there are several ads that come on that I'm just like, that just makes me emotional. I watched Paddington 2 the other day. Again, I've seen it before. I watched Paddington <laughs> 2 the other day on a Sunday evening. And um, the end of it absolutely got me. And two days later, my neighbour said, Emma, were you all right the other night? I heard you cry. No! Are you serious? I, I, but it was like a proper, <laughs> it was a hormonal premenstrual, like, moan cry. See, okay, this is the thing, is I don't know how women can cope with that. That's like, you, I was at Thank the gym you. once, I was at the gym once, and someone said, um, I, I, I was being really lazy because I just didn't really want to be there. And the person I was training with was like, that's a, you're, you're doing a girl way. And I was like, excuse me. And I like started like yelling at them in front of everyone. I was like, this is like, listen, a girl weight would be much more than this because do you know what they go through? They go through fucking childbirth, dude. Like they create life. What the hell do you do? Nothing. And this is a boy weight. And I like went all hysterical and stuff. You have an incredible range. I do have Your an incredible voice is range. Incredible. I do. Yeah, I know I, I do. That was quite high pitched. I wasn't expecting that to come. Listen, out of your I face. can. I can get very shrill. I call it shrillience because it's brilliant shrillness. <laughs> um, you have good humour. Thank which you. Is, which is humour. Thank you. And we talked about um, the things that we were discussed on the show, many and varied. And one of them is <laughs> LGBT issues. Yes. And you said it wouldn't be... For example, thing. what does it stand for? I don't know. I'm kidding. War. No, what is it War. good for? No, sorry. <laughs> War the way you two? said what does it stand for, it reminded me of that song. War. War. What is no, it good for? Royalties, Emma. Sure. Stop. Um, LGBT <laughs> is... So, um, yeah. Why should there be more humour? Humour. Oh... Um, how do you mean? I'm confused now. Well, you said earlier, more humour in LGBT issues. Oh, okay, yeah, I, f I feel like, oh, uh, it's it's a really tricky thing to talk about because I feel like there's a lot of red tape around things at the moment mm -hmm. and there are a lot of things that you're not allowed to say. Yes. Um, and I think because of social media, bless its heart, 
<laughs> we live in a in in, in ex, an exceedingly polarized um, society mm-hmm. where you are either all the way down one end or all the way down another and ne'er the twain shall meet, Mm -hmm. I think. And I think social media makes it worse because the algorithms are such that you will only ever see people you agree with. Yes. And so if you you read something that someone said and it's something you don't agree with, you're just like, oh, my God, who is this insane person? How can they possibly think that? Mm. And so rather than compassion and education we attack mm. and i think it, i think it's so bizarre and you, and we see it in politics how there's like really really polarized polarized right and left at the moment the left can't see how there can be any good in the right the right can't see how there can be any good in the left um and it's it's really really bad and i think it's kind of bled in it's it's bled into kind of mainstream society and lgbt qia society Remind me what they, they stand for again. Uh, the last three are queer, intersex, and ally. And the first four are lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans. <laughs> what does um, intersex mean? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, somewhere between the two, I guess. Um, what's cisgender? Cisgender. Okay, cisgender. Now, cisgender that walk is a song by RuPaul. Um, it's not, I'm kidding. Cisgender, it means that you <laughs> identify as the gender you were born with. Oh, okay. So I kind of feel like it's like a, I personally am like, do I have to know this? Mm. Do I have, do I have to know this? Am I cisgender? And I don't know if I'm cisgender because, because I'm a gay man, but then I'm thinking, wait a minute, why am I sexualizing gender? Cause this is an issue I have with, um, people sexualizing trans because mm-hmm. trans is about gender identity. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, but if they transition into a girl, are they going to date boys now? And it's like, well, I don't know. That's it's not just what about, it's about. It's just, about yeah, it's about gender and yeah. it's about gender identity. And so I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The thing is, it's so complicated. And as humans, we really need to try and understand everything and be like, but if you're a guy and you're like, guys, what? <laughs> so you you fit into the G and then, you know, if, you know, you decide to just have a dabble, you might be a B. Or you, if you decide that, you know, you're a Martini Navratilova style drag queen, then you're an L. Or if you are like, I'm, you know, famed Olympian Bruce Jenner, but I don't identify as Bruce Jenner. I think I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to transition to Caitlyn Jenner, then you're a T. But it's like the, we are so varied and we are so different. Literally, everyone has a different fingerprint. Mm. And I do believe that... This, literally. Uh, literally. And I do think that a sneeze as a sidebar is a, as an audio fingerprint because everyone has a different sneeze. Oh, now, interesting you say this. Mm. Years ago, I was in a train carriage uh-huh. on my way back to my family home. Did you hear your twin sneeze? No, I don't have a twin. No, but like your twin sneeze. No. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I heard a sneeze and I just went, Gavin? And my brother was in the same carriage. No! Yeah, it was a crowded commuter train. We hadn't seen each other. That is crazy! And I recognised him from his sneeze. See, that's the thing. My mum's is... Ach! And my dad's is... Whoosh! <laughs> but m- this is what terrifies me. And again, I think way too much about this. But mine changes. And I'm like, <laughs> am I just, you know, 
a wander, wandering traveller on the sea of time without a, a, without a defined identity. identity? Or is it just that I think about it and I process how I'm going to sneeze at any given time? Oh, yes. So I sneeze differently in company than I do by myself. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm walking down the street and I get a big sneeze up and I'll do two in a row, it's so much fun. And I just like, I just scream it out. And I like my whole body, like I jump off the footpath, like a, like a cat who's been scared. I don't have small sneezes. I'm not somebody who just does a like a sort of hiccup of a sneeze. Yeah. They're always really, really big. Yeah. And I remember once describing. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yes. Well, that's it's like I think there's something in sneezing as a kind of like metaphor for life because my dad told me recently before I came back to London, um, because I'm from Sydney originally, um, he told me, um, your mother when I first my, my mum when he she first met my dad would do one of those sneezes that's like <laughs> like that, and now she does like a full. And so I feel like finding the love of her life liberated her sneeze. It liberated her. Mm. It liberated her head orgasm, <laughs> which I don't want to really think no, about. don't think about that. <laughs> don't think about that. I do That's come interesting. From, it is. I come from a family of very loud sneezes. And my dad has hay fever. And sometimes it's like if he's on a roll, you do have to move away. And my mum, I swear, will break glass one day. <laughs> I do you think hay fever comes in comes and goes from people's lives? I think it comes, but I don't think it goes. Because I never had hay fever. Then when I moved here, mm-hmm. when I was 18, 19, 19, I got hay fever. Mm-hmm. And since I came back this year, and I came back in like at the end of end of, towards the end of June, I haven't had hay fever once. And a lot of my friends were having hay fever. Has it left me? Does that mean I'm going to be cured, cured from my IBS as well? It means that you need to... Yes, I am an IBS me. survivor. <laughs> <laughs> what's your... Oh, no, no. I was about to ask what's your worst um, IBS... IBS story? <laughs> oh, my God. I once had to How run through... How long do through, you have? I once had to run through Bloomingdale's because I was in New York and I'd eaten um, from one of those, you know, those uh, shops where they just have all the food, like all the different international cuisine. And I was like, yeah, boy, and just put all of them together and ate them. And then was, onion, onion. <laughs> 15 minutes later, I once had to run through that Bloomingdale's. That is quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, ran up and really long queue. And I just had to announce very loudly that if I wasn't fast tracked to the front, to the next cubicle, that I was going to soil myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to get into it too much because this is a family podcast, but sure. just use your imagination. Okay, done. I, I, I am a gay man <laughs> and, you know, things can happen sometimes. I've got IBS. <laughs> I'm not dating at the moment. <laughs> you will, you will. Um, 
I don't know why I just thought let's talk about Alyssa Redwoods and the fact she's got a Netflix <gasps> show. She's got a Netflix show coming out. Is it going to be out here as well? I mean, I th- if they're Netflix projects, they usually yeah, get they launched will, globally. They will come here. That um, I'm, I'm unbelievably excited by. I kind of feel like she might be my all-time, one of my all-time favorites. Alaska is no longer an all-time favorite. Oh. Yeah. Too contrived. I th- I kind of feel like she's very contrived and very very um maintained and held. I like the 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 messy um the messy excitement of Katya. Unpredictability. The uh, well, the unpredictability and it's just like this it, it's it's unfiltered. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's slightly more it's less curated so I feel like it's more authentic, mm-hmm. which makes no sense because Alaska is curated and amazing and just as authentic, but I, I, I vibe more with Katya and Trixie at the moment. And I mean, Alyssa is just a nut job. Well, also Katya is very open about the fact that, um, she struggles with addiction and anxiety Mm. and mental health issues. Mm. And I think that's why when I went to drug world, I think that's why she had the longest queue because I think as we've discovered bonding over our own mental health stories. And when I've done other podcasts with people who've been open about it, it opens up a really important dialogue and it mm. makes people feel less alone. Yeah. And it makes them feel less isolated. To yeah. Know that actually. Totally. We, we've all been guilty of not leaving the house and just binge watching Netflix and feeling sad. Or just having a bit of a weep for no reason on the toilet one day. <laughs> Do you know one of my lowest moments um, was when this is actually a funny story. One of my lowest moments was when I was in London last year, the beginning of last year, I hated where I was living. It was like an awful, awful house. And I didn't like any of the people there apart from one girl who I'm now really good friends with. Wasn't it like super chic and in a very up and coming area? No, it was in like well, Dalston. Just, oh, well, that's what I meant by up and coming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think you mean De Beauvoir, babe. Um, <laughs> I was like, I think there's a yoga studio near you. I mean, no, it was it was like a beautiful, beautiful house, but it was just like filled with awful people, basically, oh. apart from my one friend, Sarah, whose birthday it is on Sunday or today, tomorrow. To now. No, <laughs> I've got to go. Um, no, uh, yeah. And, and I was really sick. I had tonsillitis and the doctors were shut on the weekend, so I couldn't go to the doctor. Yeah, tonsillitis and I didn't have the strength to go all the way to a hospital to get drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to the toilet and was just doing a sit down wee because I didn't have enough energy to do a standing wee in my Hufflepuff bathrobe and which I've since lost. Um, and then the heated towel rack fell off its hinges and it was turned on. So it was really hot. It fell off its hinges and hit me in the face not the face. I know. My beautiful face. <laughs> and so I had to like hold it, burning my hands and putting it back on the thing. And I just remember sitting there just like, sp- like weeping, like these kind of like dry heaving sobs of like, it was just, it was like this awful experience. Like in, in the moment I couldn't see how pathetic and hilarious it was, but like, I was just full of self pity. And I remember going to bed that night being like, God, I know I don't talk to you that much, but I just want to say if this is going to be it for my life, just take me in my sleep. 
if my life is just more or less going to be like this, just take me in my sleep. But if it's not, and if I'm going to get better from tonsillitis, this is how dramatic I can be. Mm-hmm. Then I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll like, you know, do a good I job. I promise I'll be better. I promise I'll be better and I won't dwell on, dwell on the, on toilet gate. I'll find the humor in it. <laughs> the humor. <laughs> the humor. I'll find the humor in it because it was quite, it was quite humorous, really. You when you think about it, back on those things and find them funny. But at oh the yeah, time, I found it. I, I, I find it. I think it's one of the most amazing things that's ever happened to me because it's so nonsensical and so ridiculous. The thing that and they're my favorite things. Yes. Yeah. The thing that makes me, um, the thing I am most upset about when I hear that story is the fact that you lost the Hufflepuff dressing gown. Yeah. How did you lose a Hufflepuff dressing gown? I, I threw it out. Oh. It was, it was a gift from an ex and I was just like, I don't want, it was in one of my dramatic moments where I was like, just having like an energetic cleanse of my belongings. And I was like, I don't want this Hufflepuff bathrobe from a guy who broke my heart. That makes sense. You should, you should you should definitely restock with Gryffindor. But I'm like cool with him now, so it's like I didn't need to throw it out. I actually regret throwing it out. I don't regret it. It was all part of the journey. It was. Apparently, it turns out they're really expensive. They're like ninety quid. Well, who's the fool now, Tom? Or well, me? Or him for buying it? Speaking of which, how do you feel about regrets? Regrets? Because you just said I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. That's a, uh, sorry, royalties, Frank Sinatra, sauce, babe. Um, uh, I don't want his estate coming R. R. to me. Nance. Is Nancy still around? Because you know what she'll do? You know what she'll do? She'll shoot you. Because she had that song about bang, bang, shot you down. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. That didn't really land. That one did it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you can't win them all, Tom. You can't win them all. I don't. But I, I, I think we can look back and be like, oh, God, I wish that hadn't happened or I wish I hadn't. Uh, I think the best way to look at it is I wish I hadn't had to learn that lesson. Yes. But everything that happens to you, every fuck up you do, it's a lesson you have to learn. Mm. And it's like we were saying before, if you don't learn the lesson, the universe will just send you louder and louder and less subtle and less subtle lessons mm. until you get the picture. And so in terms of regrets, I don't. I don't believe in the concept of a regret. I think it's all just a learning experience. And also regrets. And also like there's terrible, like, you know, bad stuff happens to everyone. Mm. And I don't want to dismiss anyone's journey, but like, you know, the bad things that have happened to me in my past have created who I am today. And I love who I am today. And, and so I can look back and say, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful in a way for that experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm at peace with everything. I don't look back with and and kind of. I don't regret anything mm. because there's no point in it. Yeah, and, and I would have had to learn everything at some at some stage anyway. And I've said to you before, I think that you've had all of these realizations ten years before I had them. And one of the things I used to, the stick that I used to beat myself with was, you're nearly 40 and you're, you've been screwing up for nearly 40 years. And so I look at you and I think, great, your yeah, 30s but, are fantastic. Yeah, but mine is like, I'm almost 30 and I've been screwing up the whole time. And then I'm like, actually, because well, I was thinking about this the other day in my little like, who am I moment. Um, <laughs> it's sort of Zula. It was. Ding, 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 ding. I should get money in a prize. Yeah. <laughs> every, time I, yes. every time I get it. I'll give you a signed headshot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I sometimes just hand them out at Liverpool Street. Hi, have one. Here you go. 
Who do you want me to make it out to? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love it if you did that. Um, Just by like the ticket barrier. I'm like, look at the queue for my meet and greet. Wow, it's huge. (laughs) Um, Oh, no, I don't know what I was talking about. (laughs) It wasn't regrets because we moved on from regrets. That's your fault for being silly. (laughs) Sorry, I can't help myself. Um, no, well, we'll just talk about uh, something else. Um, I asked you about your jet lag tips, actually. Oh, okay. Since yeah. we're surrounded by beauty products in my okay. office. First of all, is there anything, by the way, that you've seen? Around I can't me? see that far. Oh, have you got? I can't. I have terrible eyesight. I've had glasses since I was like four. And yet you're not wearing them. No, because I just I've I've become so used to flying blind because I didn't I lost my glasses and didn't have them for a year. I've got glasses. Did now. you lose them or did you throw them away? I lost them. Fine. No, I genuinely lost them. Good. Um, but then the good people of Sunglass Heart did gift me glasses. Thank you very much, Sunglass Heart. <laughs> um, I got that in. Thank God. Prescription sunglasses. My keep. Um, prescription sunglasses and optical. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ray Ban. They're really really nice. <sighs> I love them. Um, yeah, so I can't really see that far. But in terms of jet lag, mm-hmm. I love any kind of hydrating mask. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Thomas Roth does really good under eye patches. Yes. The, like, there are these green ones that are like... Algae. That's, they're just a. I, I'm obsessed with them. I think they're really, really good. And it's, I, I don't know if it does that much. It just boosts my confidence. That's the thing. I was on a, a, a podcast the other day. I was on full coverage. My friend Lindsay, yep. who sweets you're sitting next to. <laughs> um, for regular listeners of the show, Lindsay Kalk and I uh, went out recently and she said, oh, could you put these, could you put this bag in your bag? <laughs> <laughs> and she was flying to LA the next day and it had these sweets that she bought as a gift for someone. So they're sitting in my And Emma stole them. Stole them. And, but they are, you can testify, they're uneaten. <clears throat> they are the uneaten oven. and they are wrapped. See? Miscellaneous That's, noise proving. That is the bag. Yes, we'll take a photo um, And I was it. saying that lip pumping products, um, it's not necessarily that lip pumping products, lip plumping products work. It's that if you never wear hats and then mm. you go out one day wearing a hat, you think everybody is looking at you in your hat. But they're yeah. not. Uh-huh. So when you wear lip plumping products, you are very aware because of the tingle that you are wearing a lip plumping product. So you think everyone else is seeing your lips and so you hold your lips differently. Does it plump your lips? Not as much as filler. Not as much as that filler. <laughs> do you want filler? Oh my God, I want everything. It? Would you do what Alaska did on Drag Race and just... Not quite that. I wouldn't go like full Adortolano on it. I just think that's a bit ridiculous. But I, I mean like I'd try, I'd try anything once. It, you can have a broken down if you want, can't you? Yeah, I just think with your face like you have to... I mean I, can't, I would never do anything while I'm modelling. And then when I stop modelling I'm going to go full like Manfred Thierry Mugler. And go like nuts with oh! my face and just would... go on roids. And I'm not going to do that. No. But I mean, it would be hilarious if I just did like a concept album and, and like transformed myself into Bane from Batman. Which is Thierry Mugler. Like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went to a party that he threw on, on the same one. What? Yeah. That is so cool. For a fragrance called Womanity. Womanity, yes. <laughs> oh my God, that is face. wild. And I Google imaged him before I got to the party and I was like, oh. He is nuts. I mean, very talented genius, man. It, well, that's the thing, talented genius, but also anyone who is a talented genius in the 90s is going to be like three sheets to the wind yeah. nuts. All colours of it. Yeah. Do you read lots when you're travelling or you do just um, gorge on box sets? No, I read a lot. I love reading. I love books. What book are you reading right now? I'm reading um, the book that Love, Simon is based on. 
Um, and it's, it's good, but I'm also just like not really feeling the romance vibe at the moment. So I'm just like, ugh, this again. But I read this amazing book called Less. Um, and I can't remember who it's by, but it won a Pulitzer. Um, so, and it's incredible. It's like such a good book. At the end, I was sobbing. And it was, and it's also just, it was really nice because it was, it was a gay lead. Oh. Um, and it, it wasn't just like... Uh, I thought when you said that, I thought it was all one word, gay lead. A gay lead. A gay lead. Yeah, it's like but a no, like a leash, like a, like a dog, like a... <laughs> No, <laughs> like a lead character who happened to be gay. And my friend, my friend, actually, my best friend, Gra- I call her Graham, but her name's Pip. Um, she bought me the book because she was like, oh, my God, it's a gay lead. Because she was and then she was talking to the sales assistant at like the bookstore. And she was like, it's just so nice that it's not. Yeah. Andrew Sean Greer. Less, literally, it says on on. Um, the website that you uh-huh. can buy books from called Amazon it says less winner of the Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> so even in the description. Yeah. So she, my friend said to the like lady at the bookshop, she was like, "It's so nice that it's just not a gay subplot anymore." And she was like, "Yes, and he doesn't die because often in books they would just kill off the gay character." <gasps> I know, right? Interesting. I was very glad that nobody died and call me call me by your name. I mean, you know, the peach got a bit of a rough go, but <laughs> let's not go into that here. This is a family podcast. <laughs> the pe- poor, um, poor what's his chops. Who for the rest of time is going to just have people make peach jokes at him. Timothy? Timothy. Timothy. Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, he, he should go on Kath and Kim. Oh, it's that Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Epinui. <laughs> Timothy. Um, and the funny thing about Call Me By Your Name, we have to mention it, mm-hmm. is that you are a doppelganger yeah. for yeah. Sir Army Hammer. I go, has he been knighted? <laughs> I've knighted him. Um... Which it sort of they could have saved a lot of money on the social network with CGI when he. Oh my the god! Yes. Has no one ever said that to you before? They would have had to film every scene at least twice. Yes. It could have been me. It could have been you. Oh my god! Are you the same? Okay, height? because he's a wee bit taller than you. Is I think not? he's a, a, a wee bit taller than me. He's like a but six, also, a I was variant. actually a rower. What? And he, yes. Yes. You heard it here first. That's an exclusive for the Emma Gunn show. Oh, thank you. I was waiting. <laughs> Finally, something I can use. Four hours later, exclusive. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so uh, I get, I get that, I get that I look like him a lot. Like mm-hmm. every shoot I do, I also always get Ryan Gosling. Domenico Dolce would call me. He was like, "You are a Ryan Gosling, eh?" <laughs> and would say that. He'd be like, "A golden boy." Eh? And um, he was he would always call me that and like call me Ryan Gosling. So, but I never thought I looked like Ryan Gosling. I thought he looked like a potato with eyes. But is apparently a lovely guy. And so, I mean, it's a very flattering com- comparison, mm-hmm. as the French might say. It's that funny thing of, um, I met you, then I watched Call Me By Your Name, didn't think anything of it. Uh-huh. And then... A lot of people said they found it un- unnerving. A lot was interacting with you. And then one day I saw a picture and was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> And it was a very late, it was um, Agatha Ristie putting together, putting it together very... Agatha Ristie solving the puzzle! But very slowly, like, oh yeah! <laughs> Literally, just like, oh, that doesn't... But you do, yeah, and I've seen it since. We have similar mannerisms. That's the, like, I don't, I don't think I look like a lot of people, but with ARMY, I totally get the comparison because 
we do look very alike. And we even have similar mannerisms. Like we mm. kind of move around in the same way and have, I don't know, it's very strange. But Married yeah, like the same woman, my little, I know, in fact, <laughs> actually, no, I have no face to pull off. I am him. I leave a, a secret gay double life. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the, my claim to fame is that he actually recorded a video once saying hi to me when he was in Milan at the fashion shows. But your claim to stupidity is that you is that I wasn't save there. that video. I didn't save the video and I was also meant to be there. Um, explain to the listeners, if you don't mind, why you weren't there. I was, I decided instead of going to an after party for um, Ferragamo, I think it was, mm-hmm. after my show that I did for Dolce & Gabbana, mm-hmm. um, I decided instead to have a shower for half an hour with like, Three three glasses of wine in my in my shower because there was like a marble bench <laughs> and so I just really lushed out and had one of those showers where you're like playing like you know I'm every woman oh wait no sorry I can't royalties damn it. it's fine it's fine um you know we're just listening to like empowering music and drinking wine then I had a nap and I could have met my doppelganger I th- do you think it's better that you didn't it could have been like Back to the Future too when they go back and they. Yes. What it, no, but what if it was like a big business type situation? Uh, is that with, Bette Midler? With Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Oh, and it turns out we that. were separated at birth. And I'm like the one who got stuck in the as like a country hick. Because I am from a semi-rural area because I grew up in a pet hotel. And when you told me that for the first time, I did say, that is the storyline of a Hilary Duff movie. Yeah. <laughs> it so is. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up in a um, pet motel. Uh-huh. And uh, goes on to become an international supermodel. male model. Male. It is a it is a Hillary Duff movie. It's the <laughs> Hillary Duff story. <laughs> it is and they got really bad capped teeth, <laughs> and then had them fixed. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, I do. There was like a one year period when she was very like rail thin. It was when everyone was working with Rachel Zoe. Right. Okay. It so... was Rachel Zoe's heyday, and she was very thin and had huge teeth because she chipped them on a microphone. I can, um, I, I didn't do this particular shoot, but I was involved semi on the periphery of a shoot with Hilary Duff when oh, she came over to my London God. and I saw her I love and her. my comment is so funny you say that because my comment was, oh my goodness, her teeth are too big for her head. <laughs> but, and then I've looked at her since and I thought her teeth have shrunk, but obviously they No, she just got them redone. No, because it was like an emergency situation because she was like performing and singing were. live. Yeah, no, they were. And you're right, she was tiny. Yeah. Rail no, she thin. was very, very thin. It was when, it was when like, Lindsay was really thin. Mm. Well, I have my own issues with food that I've talked about and, like, yeah. my weight and stuff that I've talked about in this podcast. And I was... Uh, she's not on the dream list, but I was thinking the other day, I'm I, I'm obsessed with Erin Foster on Instagram. <gasps> oh, did you ever watch her series? Yes, I obviously binge watched the entire thing. Same, I watched it in two days. it's only like 22 minutes. Yeah, it's easy. Um, and Sarah Foster uh-huh. eats all the time uh-huh. and yet has the figure of a supermodel that has two children. Um, How do you know she eats all the time? Because Erin is always videoing her just like eating like, big bowls of guacamole and burgers and I don't know whether they stage it so that's one of my questions but it got me thinking about Nicole Richie because they're very good friends with Nicole mm. Richie and I just thinking about if, if there was and I was thinking stupidly like if I could only ask certain celebrities just one question what would my question be so it was like what would my one question be to Oprah what would my one question be to Oprah <gasps> oh what would, what would, you, what would, my what one would your one question be? question be to Oprah oh 
oh, I don't know that. Can we come back to that? Yeah, yeah. But my one question to Nicole Richie would be, how have you kept the weight off? See, that's the, I believe Which her. Which is unhealthy. It's projecting. No, but I believe her when she says that she was just, like, she'd just gotten out of rehab for, like, getting a DUI when she had heroin in the car. Was that the simple life years when she was with Yeah, parents? when she first came on the scene, she was like, uh, I was just, like, overweight because I'd been in rehab and I was kicking a drug habit. Oh, I see. I and see I, I, I kind of feel like she she looks, to me, she looks healthy. Mm. And I think she is very petite. But it's also like when petite. you live in a place where there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, health in inverted commas and to a greater extent aesthetic health. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. like a, a kind of like aesthetic that you have to be part of. Mm-hmm. I think you're always going to be you know, your, your fit and healthy and happy is going to be very different to like other places. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I've done shoots. Even like New York, people look different in New York. Like everyone looks different from each other in New York. Whereas in LA, I feel like everyone kind of looks kind of the same. It's a very homogenized face type these days. Great word. In, um, that's, that's my buzzword. Homogenized beauty is my buzz phrase. And it's like the whole thing with like love Island. Love Island is the perfect example. Homogenite, they all have the same face. I am going to sue you. Can you, can you, do, for the rights to that? No, we have the same, <laughs> bra- this is really scary. About four or five times today. Th- yeah, this keeps happening with Emma and I. We both keep on like. I even, I've, yeah. I've, I've got my computer open. I have a pitch on my, in, in my Google Drive, which is a beauty feature called Homogenized Beauty. No. I actually shit you not. <laughs> and it's all about the fact that everyone's making their faces look the same with contour it, and it's an old pitch but even even be, we've moved beyond makeup we like it's it's filler now mm. it's like it's it's like literally we're just architecting our faces to be which is not a word sorry um to all look the same it's bizarre mm. and, it's it, like... and, it, and it ages people oh like the bizarre thing is all the girls on love island looked about 50 yeah 50 i was gonna say 35 like um like 15 years older than they are because they're all like young 20s well there's that weird thing with um who oh god i did a podcast ages ago with terry white who's the editor of empire but also an incredible woman Mm. and we were talking about surgeries and people having fillers and like thread lifts and so facelifts that aren't facelifts and the thread lift gives me the absolute willies have you watched Real Housewives of Cheshire where they do it live on? No, no, no one is doing it's that. It's so my face. intense. It's intense. And then there's the there's there's lots of little lifts that basically they're like instead of having the full yank, uh-huh. you know, like knee in the back, pull yeah, the yeah. entire face. <laughs> no one does that now, though, right? No, you can still get those. But there's like all these little sort of other things that are slightly cleverer that like pick up a muscle using anyway. Um. There was this thing where for a while you could be, you could look at somebody and say, how old are they? And you would Mm -hmm. be like, well, they're over 25 and they're under 65 because they looked kind of, the work that they were having was making them look somewhere in between that bracket. There's there's this really, really good Saturday Night Live sketch, which is a parody on um, Erica Jane. And it's, (laughs) and, and it's, but it's like. Larry David is is like her husband mm-hmm. and she's his Mr. new Girardi. wife and he's like she's gay famous <laughs> 
And she's like performing and, you know, it's just hilarious. But he's like, hey, she won't tell me how old she is. I think she's either 18 or 55, but I can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But then what's happening is that younger women, and there's a big thing at the moment because um, one of the high street stores here are working with like the best people they could be working with, but to offer Botox in high street stores. Who? Um, Superdrug. Holy moly. But if you think about the fact that at least that's regulated and at least the people they're getting the best I mean, training. That's that's but, the most important thing, yeah. But there is this thing, you're absolutely right. I walk down the high street and you look at girls and they're they're either between like fifteen and eighteen or like fifteen and nineteen, but they look thirty. Mm. Because they've done every single layer of Instagram makeup. Yes. Well that's the thing. The other the other vibe I get, and this might be taking it a little bit too far and might get a bit of a downer vibe, but I do kind of feel like In the Roman Empire, like, they would, towards the end, when, like, they were just kind of, like, having the best time in Rome, but everywhere else was kind of, like, you could tell it was the end of days and, like, things were about to crum- crumbling down. They'd do ridiculous shit, like, they'd have a vomit bucket at feasts so they could vomit and then eat more. Oh, my God, like the Hunger Games. Yeah, no, exactly like that. And I get an end of days vibe with Western society at the moment because it's just so ridiculous. And there's mm. such an importance placed on aesthetic. And like, and it's, it's either like, maybe we're just kind of honing the body to be as optimal as possible by doing like vitamin IV drips mm. or like cryotherapy. cryotherapy. I did that the other day. Oh, I want to try it. Yeah. Or, or it's just, we're just distracting ourselves from the fact that like life is confusing and why are we here? So let's just get filler to have a more of a full cheek because I don't really want to think about that right now. I, oh God, this is going to get really sensitive now, but I um, think it's really weird that on a planet you have um, these incredible hotels, like luxury hotels where you can kind of like, you know, have a Ferrari. I'm basically talking about Fast and the Furious here. You know, like these incredibly opulent, you you can have incredible opulence yeah. on the same planet where you have um Total amount of poverty. And famine, yeah. And for a while, I guess it's been at arm's length, but I, I know lots of my friends feel like this about um, things at the moment. You walk around London and it is absolutely unavoidable that there are more homeless people in London than there used to be. Yep. And um, it just feels so po- it just feels so weird that there's clearly people who don't have homes, yet everyone's walking around with a gadget that costs somewhere near a thousand pounds in their hands. And it makes weird. me feel icky. And so I get exactly weird. what you mean. End of days. But I don't want, but I, I've talked. Or maybe we're just like entering a new phase of consciousness or something. I don't know. Or maybe we're just, is it our anxiety? I think it's just me overthinking it to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But then in the same thought, I'm like, you know, the one thing I would love to do is just have like my chin, my my (laughs) jawline Botox. Because apparently that gives you a really good jawline. I think Chrissy of Appleton had it done. I think he posted about it. But I'm just like, I want to do that. Mm. And see, I can have that thought while still thinking where have we gone as a society? So yes. I, I am both an observer and a symptom of our society. Yes. An observer and a result. Yes. It was very, we need to up the um, the mood. Because there's a lot to think about there and I feel like it could get very dark. I mean, it is getting dark in this room It's getting actually. a bit dark. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so to, oh yeah, there you go. I just put on You're a light. Really, you put on the light. You did the really clever thing. Yeah, thank and you. And I'm just going, oh, it's getting dark. And then was going to do nothing about it. And you're like, <laughs> there's a light here. Um, 
Right, we've talked about your books. We've talked about oh, we talked about um, pseudo spirituality. Oh, pseudo spirituality, yeah. What is that? I kind of feel like there's a lot of um, kind of this pseudo spiritual nonsense where people will just be like, I don't know. You can just do like a three day TAFE course, like Kath Day Night does, and become a Reiki master and have <laughs> healing hands. A grateful Reiki master. Essentially, what I think it is is. Um, uh, people can avoid deeper issues or delving into like painful areas in their life by kind of putting a, a facade of, of kind of like fake spirituality over their problems. Mm. And I meditate, therefore I'm fine kind of, or, or I'm, I'm yeah, woke, therefore I'm, I'm woke. Therefore I'm just gonna, you know, you might, I don't know, people might cut someone out of their lives or they might just kind of refuse to compromise with someone because they're more evolved than someone else. Whereas I kind of feel like the most important thing for humanity right now is just compassion mm. and finding a way to bridge this insane gap that's come up between us all. Mm-hmm. We obviously, RuPaul, Michelle Visage, What's the Tea?, RuPaul said on a podcast ages ago, and they I think they brought it up again in the most recent episode about how everyone is acting. Every it's like ma- every man for himself. Yeah. And RuPaul said something like, "Everyone is acting as if they are the lead actor in their own movie." Mm. And then I was thinking about the fact that we're taught we're all being encouraged to be more mindful and dig deeper. It's kind of emphasizing that even more. And well, yet- actually, the, there was a really interesting thing that I was reading about, and I can't remember which book it was in. Um, Anyway, that doesn't matter. There was a governor of California in the 90s or 80s or 70s or something. I don't know. I was half paying attention. And he was obsessed with the idea of individuality. Mm -hmm. And before then, it hadn't really been a thing. And so he put all of this, like, taxpayers' money into researching individuality and proving that it made people happier. The results actually came back saying the opposite. It makes us feel more isolated. It it makes us more anxious. It makes us more like, uh, lonely. Mm -hmm. And he kind of manipulated the results to show that it was very positive individuality. And so that gave, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that gave right. Sorry. Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs) Um, and it gave rise to the whole individuality kind of, uh, movement. Whereas, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I think the the idea of just, like, living in a small hamlet and, you know, in rural France would have been quite fun. And if the plague came, then we all died, and that's fine, because we all died together. <laughs> but it's just, um, it goes against the whole, the whole nature thing of, <laughs> it goes against... I was talking to a friend of mine who's in the police uh-huh. and he was talking about the lack of community and the fact that there's a lack of role, role models. And we're pack animals. Mm-hmm. We exactly. evolved as pack animals. And I was about to talk alpha, beta, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that everyone's acting like an alpha. Uh-huh. And you need betas and omegas. Yeah. That might be a team morph reference, actually. Sorry. You need your omega-3s. Fish oils. <laughs> <laughs> Serving fish. Serving fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you you need all... Like, that's, that's the foundation. But if we're all acting like Taipei's, yeah, not well, Taipei's. Listen, I always say variety is the spice girl of life. <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine if there had been a variety spice? Variety spice. <laughs> She's a bit of everything. I feel more ginger today. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever met a Spice Girl? You must have done. No, I've met Kylie. Oh, well, 
Epony Rye. I wept afterwards. Oh my god, yeah, she is Epony Ray. She's Epony Ray. Yeah. Um, I specifically said I didn't want you in leg of mutton sleeves. <laughs> I haven't seen that episode in years and I still retain it. So my, weird. Um, I once chased Ms. Minogue down a corridor oh. at the BBC <laughs> during Children in Need. I really desperately wanted to get her to take a photo in this setup we'd done for the magazine I was working on at the time. Oh, so you weren't just like being a nut? No, no, no. It was the BBC. <laughs> but, um, I was running down the hallway and she had just come off stage and she was like surrounded by people and I sort of managed to get into the melange of all the people. <laughs> and I was like, Kylie, Kylie, come and have... Um, and we'd done this disco-themed curtain. Like, it was like a glitter curtain and glitter balls and everything. And That's perfect for her. Exactly. And I could just tell, wasn't feeling it. She was perfectly lovely, but her people were like, back off. And as I... I, I my body gave up the fight before my brain did. Uh-huh. So <laughs> my body started to slow down and she was looking at me and she was obviously... The distance between us was getting greater. And I just went, but it's disco. <laughs> 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 But Kylie, it's disco. <laughs> but it's disco and it needs you. That's yes. basically your song. That's everything I've learned from you. That is a great tune. It is a great tune. It's so dramatic. An anthem. It is an anthem. It's a gay anthem, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't care what it is. I freaking love that song. That makes me feel good. That's a great treadmill song. Um. See, I prefer quite slightly more. Actually, that is very dramatic. It I have to have song. guitar solos, drum solos, intense really? beat. Oh, yeah. I don't like... Um, Do you like Bon Jovi? Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always is... Always, always works on the treadmill. What, like a bit of a shot through the heart? No, not not so... Not so... What about It's My Life? No. So it's not the Slippery When Wet album. Uh-huh. And it's not that one. It's the one in between. What, the one where he was like busy mates with Donatella Versace? Mm, in the 90s? Probably. No, it was before Keep the Faith. It was before he did the haircut and it was like, oh. <laughs> it was when he was still frizzy and long-haired. When you heard frizzy perm and had extensions. Like bad, bad medicine. Young Guns era. Young Guns 2. No. I oh, see, I'm not a big fan. Of Bon Jovi? No. Get out of my house. I'm so... Get out. Get out of my house. Get off my land. ha. <laughs> How come it's okay to quote TV shows and movies but not sing songs? Because I weren't. I, I, I weren't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was just saying words that came to me in the moment. So you can argue that you're just, okay, yeah, what? so it's all just... <laughs> <laughs> no, the royalties thing, I don't, I genuinely don't know. I've heard people use things. I just sort of always do it as a joke with people of like, don't sing that song. Oh, okay. But, okay. Um, just in case like the whole podcast just becomes me doing like a Britney Spears tribute album. Which I did threaten. That I would listen to. <laughs> Actually, my, my orange muff looks a bit like a peach. <laughs> Call me by your yeah. name. <laughs> well, seems a bit dead. Elio, 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 Elio. Oh, Actually, no, that will make me cry. That will make me cry. Um, God, we've been bleeding on for hours, so... <laughs> Thank you for coming on. And this is the thing. Thank you for having me. For talking about a serious topic, but injecting the humour. It has, it's, it's gotten me to where I am today. But normalising it. And I'm... Uh, uh, yes. I, yeah. And I think somebody could look at your Instagram feed, and obviously I'll put the link to Tom in the show notes. Someone could look at your Instagram feed and think, well, his life is blinking perfect. Mm. And he's never had a, a dark thought in his life. Mm. No. Well, that's the, you know what? I wrote an article for um, Pop Sugar. 
Let's put the link to that in the yeah, show. Yeah, we can put the link to that in the show. Um, uh, and it was about, they asked me to do an article when it was made legal, like when same-sex marriage was made legal in, in Australia. Australia. Which is not that long ago. No, not that long ago. The, earlier this year. Jeez. And um, oh, it's bizarre. And so um, I, they, the, the theme of the article was um, say yes to love. And my initial thought was like romantic love to write about that. But then I was like, well, I don't really have much to say about it because while I have experienced it, I'm not, I'm by no means an authority and I would feel quite fraudulent Mm. talking about it. So I was like, I think the most important thing is saying yes to loving yourself and fostering and like working on self-love is way more important and we need to focus more on that. And then romantic love will just flow from that. If you love yourself, you're free to love other people. Again, I mean, this bastardize. is like you're ripping off roof. I know. Really I there's not an original bone in my body. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, and so, but the thing is, like, the response I got from that, I probably got like a thousand messages, <gasps> which is crazy, just from that one article. And seventy percent of people who wrote to me said, "I don't fall under the LGBTQI banner." Um, but it felt like you were talking about me. It felt like you were writing my life story and it was the most touching thing. And so that's why I think it's so important to be open about anything you've gone through, whether it's good Mm. or bad, because you never know who you're going to help. And so that's why I'm, I I talk about it. That's why Mm. I inject humor into it because at the end of the day, this too shall pass. Yes. You might be having a bad day, but it's a new day tomorrow. There's like, there are so many opportunities for us to kind of overcome whatever is facing us in that moment. And I firmly believe that the universe will never throw anything at you that you cannot overcome. Mm. You're strong enough. You just have to believe it. And I also think that was two share references in strong enough and believe. Oh, I missed them completely. I did not. No, you didn't. Um, although my friend Tom said that the Al- ABBA album that she's done, you know, the ABBA, the tribute album. Yeah. He said that it should be called Gypsies, Tramps and Swedes, which I thought was brilliant. <gasps> that is brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But... <laughs> I quit! I resign. That's too amazing. <laughs> well, you... Um, but the thing about that is that um, I sometimes worried when I first started talking about anxiety and mental yeah. health and depression on this podcast. I didn't want it to define me. And I no. think when Nick um, Haste came on the show, I was like, I worried about talking about it for the first time. I thought that there'd be some sort of prejudice that some brands might not want to work with me because someone's got mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's not a debilitating thing and it doesn't define me, but it is something I work on. Yeah. But um, I de- I, You define you. Yeah. I define me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of my story. And it's in a, and it's a part that's shaped me, but mm. it doesn't own me. It's so it, weird. I was thinking about this today. Were you? I was watching Five Foot Two again. Oh, the Lady Gaga documentary yes. on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? Because I think she was worrying about releasing Joanne and were people going to feel I... bad about it. And I was like, listen, babe. I was thinking to myself, you know what? It's like someone needs to what tell her. What would I her. tell Gaga? Yeah. Lady Gaga doesn't... Who Lady Gaga is, your creation, does not define you. You define Lady Gaga. And so I was like, oh, actually, that's quite... It's quite interesting. So I was like, you know, I get to define who I am. My story doesn't define me. I define myself from my... Like, from all of my experiences Mm -hmm. and what I do. 
I don't know. I feel like I'm losing my point now. No, no, no. I know what you mean. It's like just because you've had, just because this is the the, the chronology of your life, it doesn't uh-huh. mean that that's the future. Yeah. You could turn yeah. around tomorrow and say, I'm going to become a Britney Spears. No, that's Derek Berry. You're going to become a Britney Spears tribute act. <laughs> like I could be better than Derek Barry. Imagine if tomorrow I actually did become a Britney Spears tribute act. How would I start? By shaving I know, I don't want to reference that. I take it back. But I would like to talk to her about that, but I don't think that that would ever happen. That no, would be my one no. question to Brittany. The horse would, you, bolted. would you talk about that? I need to think And she'd just say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did meet her once. Oh, I feel like you've told mm. me, but I've forgotten it. Yeah. No, we just I just met her, stood next to her and said, Hi, I'm Emma. But I was I was so flummoxed but she's taller than you think i thought kylie was taller than i thought she would be i know tiny's quite dinky tiny's quite dinky <laughs> kylie's quite dinky um britney's probably about five seven yeah i was expecting you to be five four anyway relevant oh um i walked over and i was um I was suddenly like it, it without wanting to sound ridiculous it's britney bitch my brain couldn't compute it's so bizarre and so i said the words in, i wanted to say the word hello <laughs> but my brain said casual, Emma, casual. So I wanted to say hi. And what came out was, hello. <laughs> so you sounded really Australian. Hello. Hello. But it came out in kind of like, you know, my my whistle, my Mariah Carey <laughs> whistle. Because it didn't, it wasn't like, hello, hello. It was, hello. It was really weird. Oh my God, that's amazing. thankfully she was just so con- concentrating on the camera and she was like smiling and being really nice. I don't think she was actually listening to what I said. Oh, probably not. Yeah. I feel like you'd have to pick and choose your moments of, of full, full engagement when you were, when you are, when there are that many people in your world. Mm. Yes. If yes, that yes, makes yes, sense. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone I know who's worked with her closely says that she's just the sweetest mm. little girl. Yeah. Like t- such a sweet human yeah. being. It's boundaries. And we've talked about this before. It's about whatever situation boundaries. you're in, you have to have professional boundaries. Um, and if you're a people pleaser, it could be very, oh my very God, hard. Massive for me. Like the biggest, the two biggest learnings of my life, I would say are three biggest learnings of my life are, um, learning boundaries mm-hmm. because I have been a people pleaser as long as I can remember. Um, the second one is you don't need to be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. And the third one is that dogs don't lay eggs <laughs> because I always thought they did. But you grew up in a pet hotel. How could you honestly think that? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Did Emma. you, as a child, see an egg near a dog? Well, potentially we had a chicken coop. I think that solved the problem. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take Sigmund Freud to figure it out. You had a you had dog. I was just awfully confused. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect place upon which to end um, the three things that you've learned. Oh yeah, thank you so much. No, thank it's been you. an absolute. Plaisier. 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 Avec plaisir. Um, next week, Emma Gunshow will resume to non-Australian accent from me. <laughs> because I just can't not. Because I've watched Kath and Kim recently and you're Australian. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the necklace. Oh, I thought you were looking at my boobs. No. Um, yeah, you know it says Arnie. I thought it was a by Charlotte necklace for a moment. No. But it's not. I it's just a heart-shaped... It's a heart. It's yeah. a heart-shaped locket that I had engraved with Arnie for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, that's not weird. 
I've talked about it many times in this podcast. But I haven't <laughs> told you before. I think it's high time I bought you a glass of wine. Oh, thank you. And um, told you the Arnie Schwarzenegger story. Yes. I call him Arnie. <laughs> Tom, come back anytime. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you are enjoying this episode, if you did enjoy Wonderful Tom on this podcast, why not head over to wherever you listen, whether that's um, Apple Podcasts, Acast or other streaming services. Why not click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? And if you have enjoyed this episode, I would be so delighted if you could leave a five star review and maybe a sentence or two about what you enjoyed. Don't forget, all of the links will be in the show notes, which are available on emmaguns.com, Acast, Apple Podcasts and wherever else you might listen. And if you want to get in touch with me, it is super easy. Just email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slip into my DMs on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at, uh, at Emma Guns. And if you want to have a bigger conversation with other listeners of the podcast, why not join the closed Facebook group? The link to join will be in the show notes. And uh, I will approve you and you can see all of the wonderful conversations we're having over there. Thank you again for listening. It's been a delight to have you and I will see you on the next one. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.